0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From the WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. The Odyssey app. Time for the Travis Thomas Show on Boston Sports Original. W E E I.
1: Yes, indeedy. Our number two here on the Travis Thomas Experience. Time flies when you're having fun. I can't even believe an hour's gone by already. Uh, just to recap, if you're just joining us, you know, I opened up the show really saying that I think all of our industries are going through. Uh, similar transitional periods right now where uh, things are getting faster, technology's improving, definite microwave society. Everyone wants it now. No such thing as letting anything marinate anymore. And we're seeing it, you know, in football as well. Uh, Younger head coaches, majority of them offensive-minded, teams taking rookie quarterbacks high in the draft, letting them play right away, uh, you know, baptism by fire style. And we're seeing that all over the league, and the Patriots have even transitioned to that. Now it's a defensive head coach in Gerard Mayo, but he's building a young staff around him. We told you of the defensive coordinator position today getting filled. I mean, so we're seeing it all over the place. I'm of the belief that the Patriots will take a quarterback with the third overall pick. We had a very compelling call. Uh, to start the show today for Marvin Harrison Jr., which makes a ton of sense. But I still ultimately believe it's going to be Drake May or Jaden Daniels, depending on which way Washington does not go, uh, whoever's left over, so to speak. And I think either guy will work. And I used the example of the uh, Houston Texans specifically because they, too, had a young First time head coach, former linebacker in D'Amico Ryans, and they took a quarterback with the second overall pick in CJ Stroud. Boom. Dynamite. I mean, the whole world changed for the Houston Texans. They went, you know, from zero to hero overnight. I use the Colts example. Now that's an offensive head coach, but still a young rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and it worked. Quarterback gets hurt. Quarterback gets hurt. They go to a veteran backup. A, a freaking, his whole career, he's been a backup. And they still win. They barely miss out on the playoffs. And they had a gambling suspension on that team, a star running back holdout for a contract, injuries. They had all kinds of foolishness. And it still worked. I mean, it happens in this league. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, Now, you look at uh, the current teams in the playoffs. First of all, how great have the playoffs been? I mean, these have been fantastic playoffs. Now, my question of the day is because the Patriots are not in it, I'm getting all your reminiscing on here. Uh, 617-779-7937. Call me. I want to reminisce your favorite memories from playoffs Patriot playoffs of the past, Um, but as far as current playoffs go, I mean, look, I mean, the Ravens, watching them dismantle that team I just used, (laughs) look, the future's bright for the Texans, but make no mistake, I mean, they got obliterated by the Ravens, and it just, the more I watch this Ravens team, boy, doesn't it feel a little bit like destiny? I mean, everything is working for them right now. All the stars have aligned for the Baltimore Ravens right now in this moment. Lamar Jackson's healthy. Lamar Jackson has never been better than he is right now from the pocket, ever. I I mean, he is there. He's peak right now, and he's young, so it's weird to say he's peaking, but he is absolutely dialed in. They have weapons. They're at home. Hell, even the Harbaugh's, are on top of the world right now, it just seems like destiny. 49ers, they survived against the Packers last week, didn't they? But couldn't you argue, hey, maybe now they're battle-tested, right? Maybe now, because they had that scare, they could be, uh, you know, that's sort of like they played their worst game, so to speak. So maybe against the Lions, uh, they're dialed in. How about those Lions? Wild card weekend. They edge out the Rams at home. I mean, Stafford was sensational, but so was Jared Goff. So was Jared Goff. Revenge game for him. They got it done. The Chiefs in just, I mean, absolute Antarctica beat the hell out of the Dolphins and how'd they do it? Literally beat the hell out of the Dolphins. Defense running the ball. I mean, this is a new-look Chiefs. Tyreek Hilling walking through that door. They bludgeon you now. Last weekend, Lions, you know, finally ended Baker Mayfield's hot streak, and they did it. Physicality, running the football. Jerry Goff doing what he does, managing the game, but making big plays when he needs to. The Chiefs in another slobber knocker, running the ball, physical, defense, Keeping Josh Allen in a bottle for the most part. We understand they have the championship pedigree. The word that comes to mind with the Lions is resilient. I mean, this is just fantastic stuff we're talking about. Look, you guys got to excuse me. I missed all the fun you were having when I wasn't here yet with the Patriots winning all these damn Super Bowls. Hell, all I got since I've been here is the Celtics and Bruins because the Red Sox haven't given me a playoff run yet. The Pats haven't even been worth a damn since I've been here. But let's just face the facts. I mean, football is king. Listen to these staggering numbers. 93 of the top 100 TV broadcasts last year were NFL games. (laughs) That number's gone up every year for the last five. In fact, the Oscars... Thanksgiving Day Parade and a presidential address where none of us could figure out what Joe Biden was saying were the only thing non-football-related on the list, period. Isn't that insane? The only other three to stand toe-to-toe with the NFL were college football games. So football is king in our country. The Patriots did make it uh, three times on the list. Cowboys games, one of the Bills games, and the Eagles game. I believe that was a season opener, right? As far as the playoffs go, remember that dumb streaming Peacock app for the wild card game everyone was complaining about? Well, 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 looky here. I have the data right in front of me. Peacock's exclusive NFL game generated 2.8 million subscribers. That's at least 17 milli in revenue plus commercials, so they got more for the commercials. You know they charged an arm and a leg there. It's the single biggest subscriber acquisition event ever. Ever, I think it's safe to say, even though it was annoying to us and a pain in the arse, we're going to see more <laughs> games being streamed on Peacock and other apps. How about this number? Last weekend's four NFL Divisional Round playoff games averaged 40 million viewers on t- on TV and digital platforms, the highest on record going back to 1988. The viewer average is 7% increase over last year and a 5% jump from two years ago. So these are staggering numbers I'm giving you, and they're only going where? Up. Chiefs' bills last weekend averaged 50 million viewers on CBS. That's the most watched divisional game in NFL history. (laughs) Just for perspective. That's 4.5 times the number of people who watch the NBA Finals, and it's five times the the number of people who watch the World Series. That is crazy. Crazy. And you say it's scripted. (laughs) Maybe it is. 617-779-7937. You see the conspiracy theory? Everyone's saying the uh, Super Bowl logo is uh, red and purple. So everyone's like, oh, that's Niners Ravens. That's gonna happen. I, you know, what's funny? It very well could. I, 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 you know, I think all of us watching these games felt along the way. Uh, I remember watching that game on Christmas and thinking, man, this could be a preview of the Super Bowl. And Ravens won that game going away. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. Taking your Patriots playoff memories, uh, Brian on line one wants to talk to me about the draft. Uh, Brian, what do you got, brother? Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, what's going on, man? Sorry you missed out on uh, Red Sox success. I wouldn't hold my breath. Are you are going to get it anytime soon, <laughs> either? The way that team's uh, owned right now. Yeah. It's not looking good. No, it's not. But, hey, you know, if I could tell you that at number three with that third pick, you'd get a guy out of college, yeah. throwing for 4,600 yards, 46 touchdowns overall, four interceptions, you'd probably take that, right? Absolutely. And you'd probably say, yeah, I'd take a shot at that guy. Yep. That was Mac Jones in his last year at Alabama. Yeah. I think if you get into the position where you're taking, you know, the third best player, yep. arguably could be second best. I think everybody says Caleb Williams is the first. Yep. But – if you end up taking the second or third best guy, you're putting yourself in another position, in my opinion, to be right where you were with Mac Jones, that you say, this guy can't get it done, yeah. but it's because he doesn't have the talent around him to do it. You know what I mean? Sure.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a terrible strategy. Uh, essentially, what you're saying is build the roster and then figure out the quarterback later. I get it. Um, the issue for me is that's just not that's not the league. You know, I actually look at it the complete opposite to be honest with you. I think if you get the right quarterback, you can mask some deficiencies on your roster. I think he's the ultimate band-aid. I I get what you're saying. Fundamentally, build the roster have skill position players at receiver and all of this and all that. I'll give you a case in point you know and you're going to say well this guy was never should have never been put in the position he was put in but i actually thought that he was underrated so let me explain if you look at the new orleans saints right the saints have a top 5 defense they have weapons on the outside they have a a, a running back who even though he's on the back side of his prime uh, he's a dual threat, you know, he he can catch, he can run, he can kind of do it all in Alvin Kamara. I mean, they have a lot of things going for them, right? Uh, a true home field advantage there in that dome in Nolens, it gets crazy. And when they acquired Derek Carr, I thought, here come the Saints. The division sucks. They're going to win that NFC South. They're going to make the playoffs, and they could be a tough out in the playoffs. I did not think they'd be a Super Bowl team, but I thought Hey, here we go. Here come the Saints. Derek Carr, I always felt, was a little bit underrated. He won in in Oakland with a lot of horrendous teams. They made the playoffs a few times with Derek Carr. so And his numbers were always there, right? Just like Kirk Cousins, one of those. So I said, okay, here come the Saints. That roster was ready. Derek Carr comes. Now, obviously, he's clearly not the right quarterback to make it all work. But that's an example of what you're talking about. That roster was ready to go. Now, some of it is they have an absolute moron for a head coach. So now you put a moron head coach with a moron quarterback, it doesn't work. But the roster's there. You see what I'm saying? They still couldn't win a bad division. So, you know, and the Buccaneers won it with what? Baker Mayfield, capable quarterback, and a veteran coach and Todd Bowles. Been there, done that. I just think at this point, you just – it's not a complete gut job here. It's not a complete rebuild for the Patriots. They have a tremendous defense. I think the defense can win right now. I think if you can get a dynamic rookie quarterback in here, he does need weapons. Please don't mistake what I'm saying. But you have some cap space. You have more draft picks. Draft offense. Spend some money on the offense. You assume Gerard Mayo can at least keep the status quo on the defensive side. I think you're ready to win right now. I mean, what what direction is Buffalo trending in right about now? (laughs) You feel like they're going to be at the top for much longer? I like the Dolphins, but I've seen enough of Tua. I think he's limited. I think them sticking with Tua is advantage everyone else in the division. They're going to win a ton of regular season games. Hell, they may win the division for the next few years. They're not going anywhere. Two is limited. He's a game manager. He's not a game changer. I mean, the Jets are stuck with a hundred year old grumpy Aaron Rodgers on shrooms. I mean, what's he? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: What are you doing? I don't think this is a gut job for the Patriots. I think they're right there. But I think they should take a quarterback with the third pick. What say you? And give me some Patriots playoff memories. 617-779-7937. Taking your phone calls when we come back. Travis Thomas Experience on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll break down the conference championship games next. Here's what's trending with Zach.
0: You're listening to The Travis Thomas Show on WEEI and on the Odyssey app.
1: Travis Thomas Experience, taking your phone calls, 617-779-7937. Travis Thomas Experience on Twitter and Instagram. We've been talking football all show long, and it feels real nice. We've talked everything from Patriots, New World Order, Younger, (laughs) with Gerard Mayo and that coaching staff coming together. I believe they're going to take a quarterback At the third overall pick on draft night, we shall see. Uh, We've talked Bill Belichick landing spots, what's going to happen with him. We've been reminiscing all show long about favorite Patriots memories. 617-779-7937, doing that all show. I will uh, switch up in hour three, our last hour, and talk Red Sox, Bruins, and Celtics. But, uh, I mean, we've talked so much football. I haven't even really broke down these games, so I want to get to that. But before we went to break, I was saying how football is king, and I gave you all these staggering, eye-popping numbers of how not only the NFL but football in general, even college football now, just dominating um, television ratings. I mean, absolutely dominating them. Uh, my man Doug on line one has a uh, has an explanation why the NFL ratings are going so high. Doug, what's going on? Business is booming for the NFL. Uh,
2: I am not sitting there saying it's the explanation, but uh, popular it, NFL has always been quite popular. Single game once a week, but yep. you you included games in there that it, you know. You also need to include the Taylor Swift factor. You, yeah. know, you talked about the Peacock game, which the NFL basically used that one game That's right. for their sole reason to make money. I wonder how many people have canceled their Peacock memberships post-game right. as well as the divisional game against the Bills and the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, that was attended, and you've introduced a lot of new NFL fans that are more fans of Taylor Swift.
1: No doubt. That's a great point, Doug. And I wonder, too, you know, if we have a close game tomorrow <laughs> between Chiefs and Ravens, I mean, are we going to see a couple calls? We were all like, really? You're going to call that right now? You're going to call that ticky tack? You know, Mahomes gets pushed near the sideline. They call it a late hit or Are we going to see anything just to make sure we get a super Sunday with Taylor Swift? Listen, I'll be honest. I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. And here's why. I I mean, (laughs) I, I think right now, the more I watch this Ravens team, boy, boy, oh boy, it just feels like a team of destiny to me. It really does. I mean, it just feels like a team of destiny. So I'll break those games down for you. Uh, as we move forward here in this segment. I want to get to Josh online, too, who wants to talk draft with me. All right, Josh, how do we rebuild the Pats here? What do we do?
2: Hey, what's going on, T.T.? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I've never been more excited for a day two of the NFL draft for the Patriots because they got a lot of options. I think what you go with uh, first round is definitely a quarterback, and what you go with in the second round all depends on which quarterback you take. I think if you end up taking Drake May. Uh, and you expect him to have a growth arc similar to Josh Allen, right. you take a lineman in the second round to keep him protected. Yep. Uh, if you have Jaden Daniels, a guy who can really extend the play and you know has a little bit more maturity and experience to him, I think you can pair him with a really dynamic uh, receiver uh, that you can get out of the second round and have him be successful. So it really depends on... You know who falls to them at three. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're in a good good shape to rebuild.
1: I agree. So that so at least Josh and I are on the same page of taking the quarterback first. And and I mean, if you notice, he told you there take the quarterback first, and then in the second round and beyond, you can address offensive line. You could try to find some gems at wide receiver. I completely agree with that. By the way, I'll throw this in. I mean, remember. Washington has the most cap space, but the Patriots have a lot of cap space as well. You still have cash. And remember, Gerard Mayo, that quote, we want to burn through some cash was his direct quote, right? There are some guys out there. I mean, we could all argue overpay or not, but one thing you can't argue, T. Higgins can play. Bengals wide receiver. One thing you can't argue Michael Pittman with the Colts can he can play. Mike Evans is old. He can play. <laughs> okay. Calvin Ridley likes to gamble, but he can play. These are guys who are available on the free agent market. They can they can play all of them. So you know you have more as well. Tyler Boyd, uh, Gabe Davis with the Bills. You know, Curtis Samuel with the commanders who can never stay healthy. There are other guys, but that's a second tier of guys. To me, I I, look, if you told me – let's hypothetically do this right now. Let's say you draft either Jaden Daniels or Drake May, okay? I feel like we're all going to feel okay with that. You take the quarterback of the now and the future, right? You draft some linemen to help out protect the kid, Right? Maybe you get, you know, some depth at running back. You just get some other offensive pieces. And then you go out and you sign a T Higgins or a Michael Pittman to be your top wide receiver. I mean, am I crazy to think that you certainly don't have the best offense in the league, but you definitely improved your offense. And again, I mean, if Gerard Mayo can't at least keep the status quo of the defense going, keep this defense solid, they're going to be healthy. You're getting guys back. You're getting Gonzalez back. You're getting Judon back. I mean, you get guys healthy, defense is stout again, and you do what I just said offensively, you get a Drake May or Jaden Daniels, you get some offensive line help in the draft, Some depth at running back, some depth at receiver, and then you go out and you sign a number one wide receiver. Who gives a rat's patootie if you got to overpay for a T. Higgins or a Michael Pittman? You have a true number one, and but neither one of those guys are old; they're in their primes, and they've been productive. With really good quarterbacks. I think to the caller's
0: point, too, it's a pretty deep free agent class for wide receivers, but it's pretty thin in the line. So if you build the line through the draft, you have those guys for four years, and then you go out and sign one of those elite wide receivers, all of a sudden, like you said, you're right back in business.
1: Could not agree more. Could not agree more. And again, we laid this out last segment, too. Look at the AFC East right now. I mean, if it's a stock, are you buying or selling the the bills? Because I sold mine. <laughs> it's all gone. Now, you know, the Dolphins, I'm not buying any more stock. I'll hold it. I'm not buying any more. Tua is limited. I've seen – I like, what more – let me ask you something. Serious question here. Do you think Tua has another gear? Do you think Tua has another level that we haven't seen him get to yet? Because I don't. I think this is – what we see is what we get, and it's pretty damn good. No hate, but I don't think he has another level to him. I think this is it. I think this is peak Tua, and if that is the case, I believe the Dolphins are going as far as they are going now. Like, in other words, there will be a playoff team. I, this does not feel like a Super Bowl team to me. They're going to have to make a change eventually, but they're going to stick with Tua because he's putting up the numbers. That's why I say I'm not buying Dolphin stock. I'll hold it. And then the Jets are a mess. Don't even talk to me about the Jets. I just think, look, defense holds up. You improve the offense. You're not going to go to the greatest show on turf overnight. You improve the offense, and you're right back in the mix of things. Now, increasingly, I'm noticing something with these playoffs. So, I really noticed it last year, and I wanted to keep my eye on it this year because I wanted to make this point. We are seeing top seeds now increasingly just go through the playoffs, hot knife through butter, and get to these big games where you're one one game away, one win away from the Super Bowl. Last year, number one seed Chiefs, against the three-seeded Bengals in the AFC title game, and it was a fantastic game. In the NFC, top-seeded Eagles hosted the second-seeded 49ers, and it probably would have been a great game, but Brock Purdy gets his elbow ripped to shreds by that great Eagles defense, and they run away with it. But just from a seeding standpoint, number one Chiefs, number three Bengals, Number one, Eagles. Number two, 49ers. Look at the teams left now. They're all high seeds. I mean, Ravens and Niners are the top dogs. They're still there. Chiefs and Lions. I I mean, it's just, I I think you get, this is not March Madness, where you get all these upsets. Even in March Madness, you get the upsets early, and then for the most part as it cycles through, Three out of your final four are top seeds for the most part. Cinderella can get there. We see it all the time. But three out of four ain't bad, is it? In the NFL, it's four out of four for the second year in a row. I mean, it's at the end of the day, these games count, and that's why we love football. The regular season matters. It's not as long as these other sports where the regular season games just drag on and on forever and then really – The team that wins it is just the one that gets hot in the end. In the NFL, these regular season games matter. Home field throughout matters. And your top seeds, yet again, are still standing. As far as tomorrow's games and my prediction. In the AFC, I have to go Ravens here. Now, last week, I was banging on the drum with everyone telling me that it was the Bills time and they were the team of destiny I said, look, until Josh Allen beats Patrick Mahomes in a big spot, I just I can't bet on it. I can't bet on it. And I rolled with the Chiefs, and here we are. Now, I know what you're saying. Lamar hasn't beat Mahomes either in a big spot. I'm not making excuses for Lamar, but I do believe there are reasons why he has not. Let's remember. Lamar Jackson up until this point has either been injured going into the postseason and not himself or injured in said postseason where he gets knocked out of a game or he tweaks a knee or whatevs for the first time in his career. Lamar Jackson is 100% healthy and he is dialed in. He's never been better from the pocket He doesn't get the credit he deserves for the improvements he's made in that department. If you notice these Raven games, he hasn't even really had the big rushing game yet until last week. I I mean, I'm telling you, I think they are the team of destiny. I I didn't believe it was the Bills when everyone was telling me it was the Bills. I believe it's the Ravens. They're at home. Even the Harbaugh's are on top of the world right now. Lamar, finally last week, sort of being unleashed as a runner, ran for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Now, in this game, tomorrow, I think that Chiefs defense is not going to allow him to run all over them. In fact, we saw Josh Allen have a lot of success running the football, using his legs against that Chiefs defense. In a way, I think because of that, that Chiefs defense comes into Baltimore and says, no shot, you're going to run on us today. It's just not going to happen. We're going to play discipline. We're going to play contain. We will keep you in the pocket, and that is the only way you will beat us. Difference is now, and why I say this feels like a team of destiny, Lamar can do that now. Tomorrow will be a legacy-defining game for Lamar Jackson. I believe he stands in the pocket, throws absolute darts. I think Zay Flowers, who we know around here, has a big game because with Mark Andrews coming back, Isaiah likely has played very well in Andrews' absence. So now all of a sudden, Lamar's out there with two tight ends that can work the middle of the field if he's patient. And he's just throwing darts. He's taking what the defense gives him. They're keeping him in the pocket. He can matriculate the ball down the field. But I think he can take big shots deep. That's where Zay Flowers comes in. I think Flowers has a touchdown or two. Big game for the rook. Hey, he's got some playoff experience now after last week. So now it's like, all right, dude, time to take the training wheels off. Go ball out. Give me the Ravens. 31. 31. Chiefs, 24. I believe this will be a convincing win. Listen, Tyreek Hilling walking through that door. If the Chiefs get down in this game early, the energy – I've covered playoff games in the big crab cake there in Baltimore. The energy in that building is insane. If Lamar and the Ravens can feed off of that and let's say jump out on the Chiefs early, they go up 10 points or two touchdowns early – like throwing haymakers early in a fight. I, I listen. I I think the Chiefs can get knocked out. Now Patrick Mahomes is all timer. He'll battle back, but you got to look at personnel here. They are not built to come back. That's where a Tyreek Hill not having him really hurts you bad. Because, I mean, yeah, sure, throw to Kelsey. Great. I mean, who's he running away from? He gets open. He's going to make catches, but he's not going to – Travis Kelsey can't bring you back in a game. You need a game breaker. They don't have that. So I believe in the end, the Ravens jump out early and just never look back. 31-24, give me the Ravens. Zay Flowers, big game. Keep your eyes on him. In the NFC, look, I'm going to go Niners here, but I think this is going to actually be the best game of the weekend. I know everyone thinks Ravens-Chiefs. I don't believe that. I think Niners-Lions, I think this Lions team has been disrespected, really, not just all season, but all playoffs especially. I'll take Niners 30, Lions 27. This will come down just like the Niners game against the Packers. I think Purdy's going to have to make it happen late again, and they win walk-off style with a field goal. 30-27. I think Jared Goff and the Lions hang in there. I think they have the formula to beat the 49ers, quite frankly. They have not one, but two capable, stout running backs. Thunder and lightning. David Montgomery runs through you. Jameer Gibbs runs around you. And he can catch. I mean, those are two dynamic backs. The Niners don't stop the run. By the way, Last weekend against the Packers, that vaunted 49ers defense, did you see it? I mean, it looks sus to me. Aaron Jones was doing whatever he wanted. He's a dual threat back. I think Jameer Gibbs is more explosive than him. They were having problems with Jordan Love at this stage of his career. It's too early for Jordan Love, but at this stage, I think Jared Goff's better than Jordan Love right now. Jared Goff can have some success against this. I didn't see that pass rush getting home last week. Bosa and Chase Young and all that hype, I didn't see it. So, you know, if Jordan Love doesn't go all rogue at the end there, Packers maybe win that game. That just tells me the Lions have the formula necessary to give the 49ers problems. I'll take the Niners 30 to 27 over the Lions and Brock Purdy continues to arrive on the scene. More on these games next and your phone calls. 617-779-7937. I need Patriots playoff memories from you. I need predictions for the games tomorrow from you. I want final scores, storylines. What's on the menu for one of our last football Sundays? I mean, come on. Where are you? Where you been all show? We're talking Patriots playoff memories. We're giving predictions for tomorrow's game. We're partying. Roll with us. Get in here. 617-779-7937. Travis Thomas Experience on Twitter and Instagram. All that and more coming up next. Travis Thomas Experience on W E E I.
0: This is the Travis Thomas Show on WEI.
1: Don't kill my vibe here on the Travis Thomas experience. 617-779-7937. Travis Thomas on Twitter and Instagram. I said this earlier, um, which is actually what motivated me to ask the question for playoff memories. My wife, uh, on the way in to do the show today, my wife said, hey, uh, I was just thinking about tomorrow. What do you want to eat? And I was like, man, for the games. I mean, look. We all have the same menus, right? We just rotate depending on the game or what we're in the mood for. And then Super Bowl, you do all the above. But let's just agree here. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, I'll say something and you say check, right? Wings, check. I mean, automatic, right? Come on. That's the foundation of the house, isn't it? Uh, where, where are we going here? You want to go? Uh, you want to go pizza? You pizza peeps for the game, I'm with it. Nachos, any nacho fans out there? Any chip and dip fans out there? You got some chip and dip rocking? I mean, what are we doing for the game? So I have not responded to her yet, uh, but it's going to be these things. Every now and again, what I'll also do, just to mix things up, on like a football weekend where I have college football and NFL Sunday I'll just get a S ton of barbecue on like a Saturday. I'll just get a S ton of it. I mean, everything brisket pulled chicken, pulled pork ribs, you name it. And then what I do is, you know, you have plenty of that left over and then it just rolls over like a 401k baby in the NFL Sunday. So I don't, I haven't answered her yet, but uh, that's some of what I want to talk to you about. I want playoff memories for your Patriots we might as well reminisce since we don't have a minute right now. Uh, I just broke down all the games for you. I'm going Ravens 31, Chiefs 24. I think Lamar from the pocket is absolutely lethal. He's going to need to be that to beat Patrick Mahomes, and I believe he will. And I'm going 49ers in actually the game of the weekend. 49ers 30, Lions 27. I think Brock Purdy continues to arrive and prove the haters wrong. Uh, I was one of them, and I, I've since sort of seen the light with this kid. No, I don't think he's some great quarterback, but I think for that system, he's perfect. He's a little better than Tua. We were talking about Tua earlier, how, look, he's a system guy, but you almost feel like you've seen the best of Tua. You feel like he he is what he's going to be right now. I think Brock Purdy's getting better. I think Brock Purdy's getting better. I mean, he pre-snap to be as young as he is and to read defenses the way he does. He is very decisive with the football. Uh, so I'll take Niners, and I think Purdy's a hero. I think he takes them down for another game-winning drive just like he did. What's interesting about the way the 49ers are built, they've had several swings at the quarterback position. I mean, we were talking about the Patriots earlier. Should they draft a quarterback at three? Should they go get a veteran like a Kirk Cousins or a Russell Wilson? I mean, look at, look at what the Niners have done. Garoppolo. Uh, remember that Mullins kid randomly, Trey Lance. They traded up and make all these moves to get him pretty late. Some hits, most misses. But, I mean, hey, they, they have a roster around him. They have a system in place, and they, they've they absorbed. How many teams would have went to you-know-what, you know, hell in a handbasket, uh, missing on Trey Lance? And they didn't. I mean, they 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 bounce right back. They're still competitive. They're right there.
0: Traded up to get Trey Lance Trade too. Up. That's what I'm picks. saying.
1: That would have crushed other franchises. On the Ravens side of things, if Lamar beats Mahomes tomorrow like I think he will, listen to this list of quarterbacks he would have beaten in head-to-head matchups this season. C.J. Stroud twice. Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, Tua Tagovailoa, and Joe Burrow before he got hurt. I mean, absolute legacy-defining wins if he can beat Mahomes. All the quarterbacks' paths to get here have been impressive to me. Jared Goff, top pick of the draft. You know, never has got the love he deserves, but he's had success. He's been to a Super Bowl. He gets traded away. Like, this guy just keeps winning. He's he's made Detroit relevant, for God's sakes. How about Patrick Mahomes? I, I mean, what more can be said about him? In a way to use an analogy, he kind of reminds me of young Kobe when, like, Kobe was just chasing Michael Jordan's ghost. He was just, I mean, he had everything, didn't he? The mannerisms, he talked like Mike, he chewed gum like Mike, he had all the same moves, he's winning rings. They're like, he can't do it without Shaq, he's doing it without Shaq. He never quite got to the Mike level, but he, but he was respected as such. He was close. That's how Mahomes feels to me. He's chasing Brady's ghost. I don't think he passes Brady. But you know what? I think he'll get close. I do. I think he's the next guy to get close. I think that's the debate. You know, people say Jordan or Kobe, Jordan or LeBron. Most people always say Jordan. But you get a couple that argue for those guys. Mahomes is going to get some of the young kids that argue for him. It's Brady. But Mahomes will get close. I mean, all these quarterback paths – have been tremendous. All right, let me go to my boy, Security here on uh, line one. You know how I feel about you, dog? Like, I need – I wasn't in market here for Patriots playoffs in the dynasty. You got to just make my dreams come true, man. What was it like? What's your what's your biggest Patriot playoff memory? Welcome to the show.
2: <laughs> what's going on, Travis? Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. Like just – I had to call in because I had to show you mad love for some promos and support. Secondly, um, to answer your question, there is one memory that does come to mind for me, and it's a very special one at that. Um, So the date is February 5th, 2017. And I was in Boston visiting that day. It was actually um, 10 days before I moved to Boston. And I was I was, like, pretty revved up um, overall, like, for the game. And I remember at that time, um, you know, having an internal debate as to where on earth am I going to watch the game because um, for those of you that are listening and know Boston very well, like, a lot of the places were covering, like, like charging, like, cover, cover fees, like, cover charge to into a lot of these sports bars around mm. the city. And I had to find one that wasn't. And I said, you know what? My favorite spot to go to back then, and many of you know the spot well, it's no longer open. It's called Whiskey's in Back Bay. Whiskey's in Back Bay was the spot that I ended up going to while Super Bowl 51 between um, the the Patriots and the Falcons. And I remember I got there just a little bit after 5 o'clock, and at that point, the place was so packed that you literally had to set up a prayer, say, you know what, let me just get a seat, any seat. And sure enough, I got a seat by the bar, um, like, literally by the bar, like, not far from where the old steps used to be for the bathroom. So just in case of anything. So I got the seat, and I decided that I was going to, um ordered like the good old um twenty five cent wings for those of you that have been to Whiskey's before it closed, <laughs> if you know you know the wings there were amazing i mean they were they were flavorful they they were a little small, but they were flavorful they were just perfect, so I ordered wings and I was sitting there watching the game, and I just remember vividly like obviously like the patriots they 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 fell behind. Um, 21 to three um, in the first half and so forth and obviously 28 to three and I and my eyes just glazed out towards Boylston Street and at that point I noticed that it was just empty I remember looking outside to right towards um, Heinz Convention Center and as well as Prudential Center in back Bay that it was just empty there was just no traffic whatsoever and as and as the comeback started to build build up and so forth and I remember. My good, my good friend, who's extended family from back in New Jersey, he called me. He was like, "I'm watching the game shoot, and I know you're in Boston." And and, and when and, and when the Patriots tied it up, uh, he saw it first. But then he heard me and the entire bar and everyone else just <laughs> explode <laughs> or with, with jubilation. It was one of the most out of body experiences that, that I can remember. And I remember when we got to overtime, and the Patriots won the on, on the on the coin toss it was like, okay, they they, they were going to go down the field and score, and they were going to win this thing. And sure enough, he's on the phone with me. Mm. And when James White dove over the goal line, I remember like it was yesterday, the people who piled on top of me and just giving each other hugs, it was just so crazy. And at that point, people started spilling out onto Boylston Street and just, and just, pure pandemonium, and it was just people running up and down Boylston um, just celebrating. Like, it not just the fact that, obviously, they won this football, but the way that they came back. So that, for me, is always going to be a very special memory, just, just the fact that I watched it at Whiskey's in Back Bay, that place is sadly no longer open It closed because of the pandemic, but then also running down Boylston, watching people just go crazy and bananas and just... Just partying the streets of Boston that night.
1: Man, I really appreciate that story. And, you know, I said to start the show today how, you know, I was on the outside looking in, covering those teams in Washington and Baltimore forever. And just uh, watching all those amazing moments from the outside looking in was cool. So getting an insider, you know, inside feel that you just gave us. Uh, was is awesome for me as well as obviously all of us exchanging stories here today. If you want to get in here and give me your Patriots playoff story, six one seven 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 nine seven nine. I appreciate your call, as always, brother. And uh, check in with me next time as well. Every time I'm on, he always shows me love, Zach. It's it's a lot of love there. Travis Thomas Experience on Twitter and IG as well. Taking your calls, 617-779-7937. Need your Patriots playoff memories. Power hour to end the show, baby. The last hour, we're talking Red Sox, Celtics, and Bruins. Go with us.